Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to week two of Pray. This is a series designed not as a teaching series so much as it is an experience that we want to invite you into. It's kind of like the difference between um, studying baking cookies and actually baking cookies. So we want to bake cookies together. To do that, I want to ask you for three commitments. The first commitment I'm going to ask of you is that would you join with us in praying each day for the rest of February for at least 15 seconds a day. See, we're not setting anybody up for failure at all that way. Now, if you're newer here or guest here with us, we want to invite you to join with us in this. If you're a part of Fox River, I'm asking you, I'm challenging you, would you join with us in this? Can I get a commitment from you right now? If you're willing to make that commitment, you're going to pray every day for the rest of February for at least 15 seconds. Can I just see your hands right now? So lift them up, get them up there. I know some of you were here last week and raise your hands for that as well. Thank you. That's truly an exciting thing that we are stepping into. The second commitment that we're going to ask of everybody is that you would pray for someone, specifically someone that um, needs Jesus. And the study that we have right now, our prayer devotional that we're doing, has really been a great help and encouragement right along with that. If you're not aware of that, you can go to our website, see that, and just join with us in that. The third commitment I'm going to ask is that you would pray with someone for the rest of the month. Now, if you're married, I'm going to ask, would you make a commitment to pray with your spouse every day for the rest of the month? This is what you call the Valentine gift that keeps on giving. It can strengthen your marriage. It can improve your marriage. And in fact, it can all but bulletproof your marriage from divorce. Less than 1% of all couples that pray together ever end up divorced. I've heard from some already who've said, this has been challenging, it's been a little bit stretching that way. So I'm gonna invite you to do that if you're married. If you're not married, I just want you to find someone else that you could pray with. So this is not a, a solo thing that you're doing this month. Could be a family member, could be a friend of yours, could be somebody in a group with you. You can do it um, together in person. You can do it Zoom. You can do text with each other. But we want to make sure that we are setting ourselves up, as I said, not just to study about prayer, but to step into it. We want to bake cookies together. Why? Why is this so important? God's objective in all of this for us is that we would be able to experience him. That we would be able to experience his working through prayer. And that we would see families and marriages strengthened. And that we would see truly amazing things that are taking place in our church through unity. And that we can see in our community God's love, the gospel going forth as it never has before, because all of these are connected right back to prayer. Now I hope everybody at this point is going like, I'm I'm leaning into this prayer thing even more than I have before. And as you do, I want to ask: have you ever felt There's actually more to prayer than what you've experienced. 
You ever felt that you haven't like fully tapped into prayer? Because if you have, you are going to be among the audience that Jesus was specifically speaking to when somebody asked him, can you help us with prayer? In Luke chapter 11, if you happen to have a Bible with me or if you got one in your phone, you can um, open that up and just turn over there with me. The first verse says this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now, if we pause for just a second, we'd note that at this point, his disciples had been with Jesus for almost two and a half years. They were individuals that could cast out demons. They could heal diseases and other physical defects that individuals had. They'd gone out and they'd preached the good news of the coming kingdom. Now think about that. If you could do all of that, it's almost like you'd be going like, and what do I need prayer for? I mean, like I am spiritually in the zone. But they realized when they saw Jesus praying, there is something more. There is something to be desired about this. And so they just asked him straight up, Jesus, could you help us? And Jesus reply, for sure. And so he goes on. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now this may sound familiar to some of us because it is often referred to as the Lord's what? The Lord's, yeah, this is the Lord's prayer. Now, if you are familiar with the Lord's prayer or you could recite the Lord's prayer, can you just you know, wave at me for a second? You're saying like, I, I know the Lord's prayer, okay. Now, if that's you, then you have an advantage and a disadvantage this, this, um, the day that we're looking to because... You know the frame. You know what Jesus says, this is a tool that I want to be able to give to you. But the disadvantage is, you may have fallen into autopilot when you have gone through the Lord's Prayer before. In fact, you could almost, if I were to say, you could say it in your sleep. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Lord's Prayer, you are at an advantage and a disadvantage as well. The advantage that you have is it's like, you've just got like an open notebook. Jesus, you know, I'm ready to receive your help. The disadvantage is you still need to learn the frame. As you look at this, Jesus' help for learning to pray comes in four sentences. Think about that, four sentences. There is one sentence he uses to kind of set it up. This is the starting point for prayer for us. And then there's three sentences that he uses each day when you pray, these are going to serve you or help you to do so. Jesus started out this way. He said, when you pray, say, want to say it with me? When you pray, say, Father, right? This was the key. You could say this is the ignition key to prayer. When Jesus uses it, he puts us in a place that separates us from all others who have prayed. You see, when we say Father, we separate ourselves from all of the religious faiths and all other prayer as far as it goes that way. 
Jesus knew that prayer was all about connection with God rather than just trying to collect or collection from God. Prayer is about relationship with God, not simply religious recitation. If you think about it, if we did a quick comparison, religion is man's efforts to be able to reach out and to connect with God. Relationship with God is God reaching down to be able to help us to connect with him. In fact, the father sent the son so that we could become sons and daughters of his. John reminds us of this when he says, but as many as received him, that is Jesus, to them he, the father, gave the right to become children of God. If you have trusted Jesus as your savior, you are a child of God, which just makes me pause to ask for a second. Have you? Has there been a time that you put your faith and trust in Jesus? And if so, when was that for you? If you haven't yet, God's invitation is to come because more than anything, he wants to embrace you and to receive you as a child of his. Well, Jesus then goes on to say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Holy be thy name. Now that could, you know, maybe throw us for just a second. So the disciples knew this. In the Bible, when a person's name was referred to, it wasn't just, you know, they're called by this, you know, I'm Guy, right? But that's just by name. Name in the Bible meant the entire person. It meant the entire character. So when Jesus said, holy is your name, what he was saying is holy is everything that encompasses God. Sometimes we think of holy as off-putting rather than it will become just the opposite for us. If you were to put into this circle everything that you know about God, everything that God is, Holy would be, God is the one that created us, created the universe, the the power, the magnificence of God. That goes in the circle. The love of God, that goes in the circle. The goodness of God, that goes in the circle. The kindness, the grace of God, that goes in the circle. Anything that has life to it, that goes in the circle. Anything with death, that's outside of the circle. Anything that has evil, outside of the circle. Anything with goodness, inside of the circle. So when Jesus said, holy is your name, basically saying this, when you start off praying, you can start out this way. Father, you are awesome. And he meant it in the fullest sense. Everything that you are moves us to then say, your kingdom come. Because of all that you are, we're ready to say, and the kingdom of God, Jesus taught his disciples, is simply the place where what God once done is being done, or you could say his will. God, because of who you are, we're ready to say yes to you and to pray for your will in our life. Now think about that setup. When you're ready to pray, Jesus said, I want you to come to your father in all that he is with an openness to his will for you. And then he moves us into three daily helps or matters for prayer. The first one he said, he said, give us this day our daily bread. If you need bread today, that's something that you're going to ask God for. Jesus was saying, I want you to come with your needs, and I want you to come with your requests. What is it that you would ask 
from your heavenly father. Now the phrase that Jesus uses, he's put it together in this way. He's actually saying, ask God for that which you need in your life in the way that you are going to be able to see him in the answer. Be able to see the blesser, not simply the blessing. A few weeks back, I had an opportunity to pray with Pat. This is Pat and Debbie. And Pat shared this story with us. He said, um, this February 18th is going to mark my 12th anniversary of battling renal cell cancer. The last nine and a half years for me, I've been in stage four. On the 22nd of January, my oncologist, Dr. Hake, at the cancer center, Dr. Hake was not in his normal good mood, but very somber. He said he wanted to do another biopsy because he was concerned about either renal cell spreading or now pancreatic cancer. Pat said, I've always updated my friends and family through Facebook, and so our Bible study group reached out and asked if they could do a special get-together for hands-on prayer. He said, it was such an emotional evening that meant the world to Debbie and me to have these people spend their time praying for my health. I've always counted on God to take care of my cancer. In fact, I've stopped fighting that years ago and just turned it over to him because I just haven't been strong enough. I know that my time will come, and I'm not afraid of dying, Pat says. I know the promise that I have through Christ, and I've been wondering if this was maybe the time. On February 1st, I had the biopsy. The next day, February 2nd, they called with the results. He said there was no cancer. He said, I cannot express how I felt at that moment. He said, I know I cried. I know and I know that God has taken care of me. I know that I'm alive today because of prayer. Pastor talked about how he has seen God in the answers and is working in prayer. My wife Denise and I, we were able to have two children, our son Jonathan, our daughter Jesse, and we'd hoped to have another child. But then we went years and were unable to do so. So we went to the doctor. And at the doctor, they just basically flat out told Denise, you are now past your childbearing years. That was not the news that we wanted to hear. So we went on to see some um, fertility specialists. And after surgery and after um, injection and spending a long time with that, Denise just one day came to me and she said, Guy, I think we need to stop all these treatments. I think we just need to go to the elders and ask them to pray for us. And so that's what we did. I still remember, you know, there sitting with Denise, being anointed with oil, and the elders just laying their hands on us and praying that we would be able to have another child. A little over nine months from that time, Caleb was born. And after that, we were also then blessed with Daniel and Timothy. The thing about Caleb was that we knew God answered our prayer in a way that we could not miss seeing him in it. Now, I wish everyone I prayed for, for healing, received it. I wish that everyone I prayed for to be able to have a child, you know, had that answered that way. That's not what Jesus promised to us. What Jesus promises to each and every one of us is this, that if we will pray, God will work in our lives. And that's why we begin at the very beginning of it, Lord, your will be done. But I want to ask you, 
What is it that you want from God? What is your prayer? For a need, your request before God, would you bring it to him? That's why Jesus said, I wanna help you in prayer and this is what you need to do. But ask God to answer it in a way that you can't miss seeing him in it. Jesus then went on to say this. He said, and forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us. In other words, Jesus moves into an area of forgiveness. Now, who doesn't need forgiveness? And as I thought about that, I thought, well, you know, a self-righteous person doesn't need forgiveness. A legalistic person doesn't need that. A judgmental person doesn't need that. A person that is running from God, I mean, they don't think that they need forgiveness. And I just realized how important that actually is. Centering. In fact, one of the things, of the many things I love about Celebrate Recovery, every single person there would say this, I know that I need forgiveness from God and I know that I need forgiveness from others as well. And because they put themselves in that position, they continue to move toward health and spiritual health. Whereas a person that says, I don't need forgiveness, I don't need to forgive other people, is actually moving in that other direction. So coming to God with the awareness that I need what Jesus has done on the cross for me, that puts us right in the place that God wants us to be. And then Jesus, as it were, drops the other shoe. And he says, and now we forgive others as God has forgiven us. So here's a question. How many here have ever been hurt, offended, or sinned against by someone else in your life. Can I see this? Can, how many have ever been hurt in here? Have you been offended by somebody? Look at that. Like, yeah. And the greater the hurt, the harder the forgiveness. I want to ask you, have you forgiven the one that has hurt you? Have you forgiven that one that has caused that offense in your life? Because Jesus knows this. Jesus went to the cross so that we could be forgiven and so that we could be forgiving. In fact, would you say that with me, everybody? Jesus went to the cross so that you can be forgiving and so that you can be forgiving. If we put ourselves in this place that we think that we don't need to forgive others, then we just need to stop pretending that we're in this right or the right relationship with God. I know nobody chooses bitterness in their life. Bitterness, spiritual poison, emotional poison, and toxins that come into us. None of us choose that. But bitterness is a result Bitterness is that result of us unwilling to let go of a hurt or an offense of the past. And because we won't, we open ourselves up to this bitterness and all of its poisons in our life. Jesus knew that. And he said, that's why every day when you pray, you've got to check yourself right here. One of the greatest gifts he has given to us is the gift of being able to forgive others because of what he has done and his forgiveness for their sin on the cross. There is a lot of anger today. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. There is a lot of hurt that's going on. And the question is, are you holding on to the anger? Are you holding on to the offense of others? Or are you 
choosing to forgive. I'm not saying you give a person a free pass on their sin. I'm not saying that trust is immediately restored, but I'm saying that you put yourself where God wants you to be, to be able to experience him and experience his working because you not only come to him for forgiveness, but you are forgiving those that have sinned against you. And then Jesus rounds out this help. Come to God with your needs. Open yourself up to the healing of God. And then he says, and then each day come for help. Lead us not into temptation, were Jesus' words. Now Jesus knows this truth. He knows that there's no temptation that we are tempted with, but such as is common to mankind. And with the temptation, God will not allow us to be tempted what we're able, but will the temptation also make a way out of it? But we ask ourselves, can you think of a time that you chose to say yes to temptation and it made a mess in your life? Anybody like that? See my hand, like my hand raised that way. These are the times we say, I wish I had only taken that door. I wish I'd only taken that way that God provided to avoid temptation. Because sin always affects us. No exceptions, it always affects us. Sin will take us further than we wanna go. It keeps us longer than we wanna stay. It costs us more than we wanna pay. It always desensitizes us to God. Which is why Jesus said it's so important that we not only recognize the temptation, but we recognize this is the way that God has given to me. I am one day away from messing up my life big time. God, help me to be aware of temptation and your way out for me. Jesus said, I want to help you to pray. And this is the tool he gave us. So I thought... Let's put it to practice before we go. Maybe we can do that, right? So here's what we'll do. We will say the Lord's Prayer together. But we'll pause at each time to use it as the framework that Jesus gave to us. So we'll say the first part, and then we'll just pause and give ourselves an actually opportunity to interact with God. And then together we'll say the next part until we go through it together. You game? Let's give it a try, okay? Let's start it together. Ready, everybody? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's pause. I mentioned earlier, if you're here and you haven't received Jesus yet, but you understand that he did die for your sins, he is the risen Savior, and you're ready to receive him, to open yourself up, not just to Jesus, but to God as your Father, can I ask you, would you just lift a hand tonight going, Guy, I'm ready to receive Jesus as my savior. Anyone like that? You can just wave at me for a second. Yeah, okay. Others, sure. Then let's pray this together. Jesus, thank you for your grace, for your forgiveness, and for your saving work. For all of us that have trusted you, Jesus, thank you that God is our heavenly father and he is awesome. <laughs> Ready? Let's go on. Next. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What do you pray now? God, we want to say yes to you and your will for our life. Help us with that. Next. Everybody, give us this day our daily bread. Would you ask God right now for that which you need, for that which you would request of him? Thank you for hearing these prayers, Father. Ready? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our... I know some of you are saying trespasses, and that's okay. Would you thank God for his forgiveness? If there's something that's come between you and God, would you ask him for his forgiveness? Tell him how you need his forgiveness. And would you forgive the one you've been unwilling to forgive now? not into temptation but deliver us from evil Lord help us with the temptations we're struggling with you know the one help us to take that way of escape thank you and let's close it with this for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, amen. This is a tool that Jesus said you can use every day. And I want to encourage everybody this week just to take this that you know, the Lord's Prayer, pause and let it be that frame to be able to help you. On the bottom of your note sheet, if you downloaded it or if you want, you can still do this. I've got a couple of questions. I hope you'll take these home. Talk about them with your family. You know, which of these three ask is your challenge? What for you? That next question. How is prayer impacting you? And I would love to, like Pat would share his story, but if you have a story about, like, this is what God's doing in my life with prayer. This is what I'm discovering about prayer. This is what we're trying to do as a couple praying together. If you just share those stories with us, again, you can use the QR code. It'll take you right to the story there. You can either tell it on video if you want, or you can, if you want, just kind of text that out. What a difference that makes. I am so looking forward to hearing how God is at work in your life and what you are learning and discovering about him through prayer. God bless, guys. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.